<laughs> this is episode seven of the podcast without a name. I don't hear the music. Sorry. You can hear it, all right. Anyway, but I see the- this is uh, an impromptu episode seven of the podcast without a name. It's Rich and Joe once again. Anthony is probably off somewhere having a bitch fest. I think it's uh, girls' night for him. Yes, yes. But if Rich is here. Uh, we were just kind of chilling on Facebook, chatting each other. It's Saturday night. And Rich goes, you know what? Why don't we just jump on uh, the podcast for a little bit here and, uh, you know, spit some game, if you will. Spit some hot fire. <laughs> Dylan, 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 and Dylan. <laughs> you, you're a man of many talents. Yes, I am. Uh, I must add. So, I mean, you know, there's plenty to talk about. So, it's a good thing we're here. We'll jump right on to uh, Trump. Political of course, life. just like every other episode. Free speech, uh, anything you want. Yeah, speech. The freedom of the press. So Trump decided to direct his uh, press secretary, uh, Sean Spicer, to uh, keep specific members of the media out of a uh, unplanned gaggle, I believe, or goggle. G a g g l l g a g g l e. So gaggle. Gaggle of geese. It's a gaggle of geese. So. What was supposed to happen was their typical scheduled on-air press secretary, uh, you know, news conference type of thing. And they decided to turn it into a gaggle, which is usually reserved for the press pool and maybe some other, uh, you know, know, members of of the wire services. It's usually... um, Surrogates for the different news outlets. It's usually not a, everyone, but they the th- the thing that separates this from other maybe gaggles or or any sort of news conferences is that there was a specific list of uh, news outlets that were allowed to participate. Um, I believe BuzzFeed, New York Times, CNN, among others, were not allowed to come in. Um, so, you know. Pr- I think it was just those three, though. I think it was CNN, BuzzFeed, and the New York Times. I don't think it was anybody else. Uh, yeah, it might have been just them. I know from at minimum it was them. Uh, there might have been some lesser-known ones that no one really cared to report about, but they were the big ones. Uh, you know, everyone went nuts. Everyone, you know, kind of went into that holy shit mode. Uh, maybe rightfully so. I, I mean, I, I'm not the person that sits here and I don't usually, you know, just jump for that hysteria. You know, you know that we, I don't think we, neither of us do. Um, so when I, when I saw it, the first thing I thought was, all right, let let me, let me see what this means. Is this a, you know, everyone's going first amendment, freedom of the press, uh, threatening it. Uh, so my, you know, my first thought was what, what are the legal opinions on this? Is this really a freedom of the press thing or not? Um, is, is there a precedent for this? Has this happened in the past? Uh, and I found that, it, you know, obviously I didn't find that. I knew, I already knew that Fox News had some tiffs with Barack Obama. I think it was the Treasury Department or something. There was a few briefs that they purposely uh, withheld Fox News and things like that. And, and then their constituents came to their defense, which rightfully so. And, you know, you know outlets just, you know, like the New York Times and, and whatnot and Washington Post protested the White House for those type of tiffs. But, you know, 
I think it is a little unique. I think it's uh, I don't I don't know if we've ever had a, a direct the press secretary limiting to people and stuff like that. The the big thing here is. I don't think it really matters. It, it isn't a freedom of speech thing. It's not the freedom of the press thing. Uh, there's no special rights given to the press. We all have the same freedom of speech, uh, whether you're a member of the press or you are just a private citizen. Uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that says just because you hold some sort of uh, press credentials, you have unfeathered access to whatever White House brief, right? Just, just like myself and Rich – you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I can't go up to the White House and demand to sit on a brief, right? Like, there's no, there's no constitutional requirement for them to let me sit on a brief, and the the press doesn't doesn't get afforded any sort of extra uh, constitutional protection or right to sit in on a brief. So it's really up to the president or the press secretary or whoever it is on their staff that says who can be what and where, uh, whether it's security or political reasons. It really doesn't matter. Um, this is all much to do about nothing, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd be interested in what your thoughts are, Rich. I, I know that there's this has dominated the news cycles, which is funny because it, it, it kind of touches on another topic that we'll talk about later. Um, well, I think yeah, the funny thing is, is like uh, people think that you know there's something that uh, CNN would 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 post from a, a briefing that, say, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, whoever, Fox, would not would not post. Like, they're, like they're somehow going to be not getting every single piece of information from a presidential brief because that one certain news entity is, is blocked from it. Yeah. So really, it, it, it is. It's, an, it's a non-issue. I mean, is it unprecedented? Yes. Uh, is it... Probably where Trump should have been the bigger person and uh, said, hey, even though these guys talked a lot of shit about me, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should yeah. probably let them come anyway just to be the bigger person. But he's not that kind of guy. You know, he's not very presidential. Not he's um, You're saying it's unprecedented. Well, we've never had a president like him like before. Him. So, yep. I mean, what no, do you I mean, you make You make a lot of good points. I mean, it's... It is what it is. It it's it really is a non-issue. I mean, yeah. we could was say Anderson here, Cooper going to glean some little bit of thing from that that nobody yeah. else would have? I really doubt it. Yeah, I mean, I think NBC was still there. I mean, obviously Fox News was there. I'm sure Breitbart was. I'm sure like all the the conservative media was there, right? And then you have NBC, ABC was there. I think CBS was there. They still had a good, I mean, if you're going to break it down, it was still 99% of the press. I mean, three outlets not being there is a, just a very, extremely small fraction of the whole press that's usually on I, hand. From what I read, a gaggle isn't even information. It's really just scheduling and things. Like, this is what the president's going to be doing tomorrow. He's going to do this on Wednesday. Yeah. We're going to talk about this on Saturday. Yeah. It's you. It's it's not videotaped. It's usually just just audio, if anything. And it and most of the time, it's usually just a press pool. Which you which if uh, if if you're familiar with the press pools, it's just one representative of uh, video like TV media, one representative of just uh, terrestrial like uh, you know radio, and then like the wires. And like that's it. That's usually the press pool, and there are ones they take on uh, Air Force One. There are ones they take on different road trips and things like that. 
Um, so the gaggle itself, I think the thing that separates it is they canceled a typical briefing for the gaggle. And I think that's kind of what separates it. Like, okay, this would have happened, but now it was just a gaggle and it was limited. I understand where someone is like, okay, well, this sucks because I came to do my job today and I'm not, I'm obviously not going to do it. Right. Um, But it's, it really is. I mean, can you listen, let's take both sides of the spectrum here. I could understand where certain media outlets like the Washington Post, New York Times and such are going to just like shit themselves and go, oh, my God, and just, you know, feed their constant barrage of Trump is a Nazi. Sure. Throw it on there. Was it democracy dies in the darkness? Sure. Put it on there. Right. Um, You know, add to the hysteria. It's getting you clicks. It's making you money. I get it. I understand it. But also understand the other side of this too, right? The other side of the is the default position for the media, for the most part, not all media, but 90% of the media, because only like 10% of it's probably conservative, is is Trump is a Nazi. So in your personal lives, are you really going to like, are you going to put yourself in those situations in your personal life? Like I'm going to avoid, like, not that I'm going to avoid, but I'm just going to choose not to associate with people that are going to call me a Nazi. Like, that's just, that's just (laughs) me. I'd rather not be around those people. I'm going to confront them, you know, to confront them because it's a horrible thing to call me. But at some point I'm just going to be like, I'm done with you. Like you're, you're an asshole. So from his perspective, that is probably what, you know, what he's thinking. I mean, I would think that he just, you know, here's the media. They hate me. They've always hated me. They're going to continue to hate me. Why should I accommodate them? Fine. Whatever. And then the other side is it is that, you know, I'm the media. I deserve to be able to interact with you because I believe I have some sort of special right to access you, which is misguided but understandable, right? Yeah, so, I think people would be a little more um, uh, right in their reasoning – if he was sending people to jail or going after people to lie for libel or something like that, but yeah, like if he's trying to accuse them of slander when it's really not slander, like all all speech is not protected, right? Like there's there's a limitation on it. You know, crime, uh, the most famous example is um, screaming fire in like a movie theater or something like that, right? Um, but there's a lot of other things like knowingly saying something that's false, like you're piercing that uh, protection and. You know, there's a good argument to be made that the media is, uh, you know, has has kind of fluttered or played around with that area. I mean, there's a there's a lawsuit right now with, uh, I believe it's Facebook and Twitter. Um, I forget who it was, but oh, with where they, uh, if you add a commercial to it, it's it's now yeah. If you monetize, if you try to monetize it and serve it to people. With a as an ad with their content, you've suddenly you know you've you've altered it and taken ownership of it, and the 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 person who's suing them, I forget who it was. I think I I don't remember if it was a uh, uh, like a U.S. soldier or not, but it was someone who was killed by someone some sort of act of terrorism, and their claim was that these social media platforms uh, are enabling and giving a voice to radical Islamists who typically wouldn't have had a voice, but only because they're sponsoring it and trying to make money and on advertising. Right. So there, there is this monetary gain with this information that creates slander and libel. Right. So 
there's there's a fine line the media has been playing with, and they, they've been hiding behind this freedom of the press thing that's actually nothing more than the same uh, freedom of speech rights that you have, you know, and my, and I have. So they're almost playing themselves because they think they have some sort of extra protection. I believe the even CNN when uh, the WikiLeaks uh, leaked the Podesta emails, I forget who it was. Uh, it was the Morning Guy. The dude uh, Cuomo, uh, his Anthony Cuomo, was it? No, he's got his uh, brother, who's a he, he's the former governor or something. There's the the CNN guy, who's his brother. Anyway, he came on CNN and goes, "Don't go to this website. Don't go to WikiLeaks. Don't look or listen to or whatever from them because it's illegal for you. But we, as the press, we." have a right and obligation to look at them. We are protected. <laughs> and it was a complete 100% lie. What they were saying was, don't go to the website, don't read those emails because you might find out the truth and we'd rather dictate the truth to you. And it was like, either he was just being an idiot and maybe he had some idiot writers on staff that day, but he was 100% wrong. He couldn't be any more wrong. He has no extra rights than you and I as a Isn't member that of the, the whole uh, the whole great thing about having the internet and having all the knowledge uh, the knowledge in the world at our fingertips is that we can discern what's true and what's not true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of power away from the press, doesn't it? It does. It makes it probably it creates this uh, you know, it's a vacuum and they're they're trying to fight for it, you know. And I like how the same people that are always railing against the press are all of a sudden upset that you know, two or three agencies are not allowed at a briefing. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, where does it end? It's it's a more hypocrisy. It just really, uh, it gets me, it doesn't even get me upset. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. much hypocrisy, man. You know? Hypocrisy. I mean, it's, it, it's through the roof, man. Like, I hate you, to- you know, do you know who ABC is owned by? What, you wouldn't believe that because ABC says that? Well, ABC <laughs> yeah. owns Disney and they are Westinghouse and uh, owns Disney yeah. and both it's, of this it's bullshit. A, it's so, this constant, like, rope back to someone. Yeah, right? and they want, them, they want them to be there all of a sudden now because Trump said it. Mm-hmm. It's never ending, man. It, it, it's... If Obama, really- if Obama banned one of them, it would have been, uh, you know, oh, thank God he's standing up for the little guy. He's keeping the corporations well, it did happen. Out of our faces, and the corporations aren't going to tell us what's true anymore, man. Yeah, it did. It did happen with Fox. I mean, Barack Obama had an open uh, uh, conflict with Fox News for for a little while. Yeah, I can even sympathize a little bit with uh, people for thinking that Fox News is bullshit because it's a little bit. It is kind of a little bit. Oh of yeah, I mean it's it's biased news. I mean it's MSNBC. But so it's is MSNBC. Yeah, MSNBC is bullshit, yeah. and it, CNN it, it, is not much better it's, than it's that. It's like quarter bullshit CNN, right? Like I mean, I I, I don't mind Anderson Cooper. There's a few people that I don't mind on CNN. I think they try. Yeah, see, but, Anderson Cooper seems like a decent person that really honestly wants to make a good story, like yeah, a, he, an actual story. He's, he's trying. Sensational, like, sensationalized stuff. I've I've never listened to Anderson Cooper. I've never watched Anderson Cooper. Yes, you did. Was it? I Anderson, Anderson Cooper 360. Is that his show? I I believe uh, Channel One, remember? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever watched and gone, okay, this guy's a fucking idiot. 
No. Like, I've never said that to myself, right? There are plenty of people <laughs> where I've said that to myself. Rachel Maddow. And, and he is not one of them, right? Uh, you know, there's a couple other personalities in CNN that I'm fine with. Um, I've had plenty of those moments with Fox News people, right? Like Sean Hannity. Like oh, He's a dick. He's annoying as fuck, right? Like, yeah. it's like he just is like, you know. He toes the party line regardless. He's always going to be there like that, you know, but. And he's a bully. He's just a, yeah. a bully. And he's not an intellectual bully. He's not. No, he's just. Over intellectual. He just talks louder than people. Yeah. 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 And then there's Tucker Carlson, which, you know, I don't, I don't mind him sometimes, but uh, there, there's a, there's a few times where he annoys me because he does that smirk and it's like. You don't have to do the smirk. Like, like gotcha. you can just, just, just speak, right? Like, you could laugh and smirk. Like the the thing, the reason why I don't like the smirk is because that's something I've criticized on the left, right? Like this whole this elitist mentality of, oh, you're just an idiot, you just don't understand, and they just laugh, right? Like that bugs me, and it bugs me when conservatives do it too. It, bug, it bugs me when both sides do it. So I'm not going to sit here and go, Tucker Carlson is awesome because he just like skewers people. But he has or, he has idiots on his show too. Oh, he he purposely like that clip that that yeah. clip that you sent me. <laughs> The guy that looked like a shave, that was just like, well, not even a shave, just like a prepubescent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick that dude, I with mean, an underbite. You know what the worst thing uh, is? I don't know. He's uh, like maybe he, uh, you know, uh, uh, men aren't really men. I mean, you are whatever you say you are. Oh, he he tried to claim that science was on his side. Like he tried to say the science is settled. <laughs> Yeah, oh, which I, was, to say that which no I can understand why Tucker would laugh at that too. I can understand why Tucker yeah, laughed. I could get the smirk then. <laughs> like, like I was watching and I was going, "All right, listen, I'm not. There's no sympathy for me here. There's, you just, you just, you, you got your sword and you just fell on it. Like that's that's what you did. So, yeah, total, total that's Tucker amateur debate move. But he brings idiots on, like that gay oh, guy yeah, yeah, that was talking yeah. about uh, going to a march. And he, yeah. he just happened to bring up the fact that he was a gay man. And so they go, oh, Trump is going to just stomp all over gay rights. And he's like, well, what did he actually do? <laughs> just, yeah, well, yeah. I can't really. Uh, well, let's talk about the, the margin instead, because uh, yeah. I have no basis in fact for what I'm trying to say. Like he was trying to gain sympathy by saying like, well, I'm gay and all this. Yeah. And uh, there was really no basis for what he was saying. You should, if he would have never brought up that he was a gay dude and just talked about what he was there to talk about, it would have been yeah. fine. But yeah. then he oh, just yeah. Yeah. did that one little thing, and Carlson is a, a polished oh, TV he, he host, and he just jumped on it. Yeah, you know? he jumped on it. He's like, well, don't open yourself up to that. But I think he brings people like that on his show, yeah. you know, for that well, reason. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, like like with anything else we talk about with the media, it's about making money and getting ratings, and he's not an exception to that, right? You yeah. know. That bow tie don't lie. I mean, it's a it, he's probably more entertaining than some right now, just because he he's good at that, and maybe he's got like a really good producer and some writers to help him with it. But um, he is very prepared. I'll give him that. He's oh yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. He's got a very you know the you first know, the first misstep that that guest makes, he's gonna fucking jump on them like a pit bull in a pork chop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a reason why he's getting the. I mean, he is who he is. He's doing a decent job. 
I don't necessarily agree with his approach, just like many other people on the, on the right. And maybe this is a good segue into a point that I, I would like to just make right now, right? Like, I'm a little worried about the right. So for years and years and years, uh, you know, with Barack Obama, uh, you know, in the White House, it was, you know, the Tea Party and, you know, this kind of counterculture type of thing. Well, don't say counterculture. I don't Maybe think the Tea Party counterculture. Was counterculture. I think Tea Party was a bunch of old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but for the the whole point is what what the left turned into is what eventually enabled Trump, right? And I I think we agree on that. Yeah. Um I fear that the right is starting to do kind of the same thing that the left was doing. Because now they can. Yeah, because and, and now, I'm, wor- I'm worried about that because everyone's like, oh, 2018's in the bag, you know. No, no, it's not. It's not in the bag. If you want 2018, you better come up with ways to to reach out to those moderates and those people in the center because not everyone takes that hard line on refugees. Not everyone takes that hard line on women's rights, right? Not everyone takes that hard line on these things, right? And a lot of and people it, are being turned off. Yeah, yeah. Like I, Trump is saying you know, he's just a terrible speaker. He's terrible yeah, at yep. being presidential. And I think a lot of people are like thinking that, you know what, his speeches, his uh, his debates, they made Hillary look silly. Now there's yep. no Hillary to hate. So now you better sound like you know what the fuck you're talking about. And he's still campaigning in a sense, right? He went down to, what was it, Florida, and he had a, you know, a little rally. Like, okay, fine, whatever. But come on, man. Let's just move on. Let's keep going because what's going to happen is you're going to bite yourself, and you're going to you're going to is it bite yourself? What what phrase am I looking for? Shoot you're going to yeah, exactly. No, I understand what you're saying. I mean, um, the reason I think he's doing that is because he feels that he's getting unfairly covered by the press, and in some respects, he probably is. Yeah, so no, he's right. Doing these these press tours to reach a large number of people so that he can get his his message across yeah um because it's not really being put out there by anybody but fox news yeah i mean i i could agree with that i could understand his strategy it seems silly it seems sophomoric it seems self-aggrandizing narcissistic whatever you want to say yeah Uh, yeah Yeah. i agree with what you're saying i just i just fear that i'm yawning i apologize my god it's it's 126 in the morning right i mean it's actually not too late i usually just sit in my bed reading at this time but um anyway i just worry that like uh listen i've maintained this i think i've said this before in the podcast if conservatives who obviously have gone on the Trump train. They're all kind of on his back right now. They're all just kind of going with it. I mean, there's a few exceptions, maybe McCain being one. But if shit doesn't get if, – if we don't get this right, right? Like if we as a country, right? If we as um, – I, I only say we because I don't identify with the left. And I identify more with the middle right. And that's why I say we, because for a long time, it's been left, 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 hardcore left. Now we have an opportunity for maybe the center and right to speak, right? And if if it, if we don't get this right, if if Trump doesn't get this right, let's let's make this Trump, right? If Trump doesn't get this right, then we're, we are seriously considering, we're, we're going to see a Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders in, in uh, 2020. Well, I... It's like uh, that guy Jordan Peterson was saying. 
how, you know, fascism creeps in from the left. It, it starts with a little thing. Well, yeah. You know, why can't we use your bathrooms? Why can't a girl that's all doped up on testosterone yeah. compete in a wrestling tournament against girls? Yep. You know? Yep. So, a little bit by little bit by little bit, this kind of stuff starts creeping in. And you're starting to see seeing yeah. it in the uh, vehement like op- opposition yeah. to everything that Trump says. Yep. You know, and uh, it, it's really disturbing. I mean, it, I, I don't I'm not going to go on a limb and say that the left is Mussolini, but no, it's I a mean, little it's a little disconcerting yeah. that they're yeah. so unwilling to discuss anything. And if you just lean a little bit one way on an issue, that means that <laughs> yeah. you're a fucking Nazi well, on everything. Well, look at look at the, th- the the thing I posted on Twitter tonight. Like, I, it was pretty middle of the road. Like, hey, here's what the Canadians do with refugees. Should we do it right? And then someone jumped on, and immediately thought I had an I had a pr- personal problem with the refugees. Where that was nowhere in my what I had said. There's nothing in the video that said that. It was simply obviously we care about refugees. Here's what Canada is doing. Should we do it? Right, that was that was the message. Right? Can we consider what Canada is doing? It, it seems reasonable. Why not? And they they were like, "Well, where's the where's your problem with the refugees? You, you're an asshole if you have a problem with refugees." Well, you know, I don't have a problem with refugees personally. Right? It was just let's have a discussion because I'm not blind. Right? I know that there's two sides of this story. It, like, if I were to deny the one side, where are we going to go? Because am I really going to create progress? Just completely Which is what shutting they want. out progress, yeah. right? Yeah, it, well, yeah, and it's like I'm not getting anywhere if I'm shutting out half of our population. Well, didn't Socrates say that? I mean, uh, if you yeah. only know your one side of the argument, you really don't know anything at all. Yeah, it's a part of uh, part of the dialectics. The the whole the whole concept of having a, di- a dialogue and listening, actively listening. It's not just listening. There's a big difference from listening to actively listening, and that that was kind of the because the I'll come in to like friends on Facebook, you know, and they have a conversation and they say something, and I'll say, "Listen, I'm I'm pro gay, I'm pro this, I'm pro that, all the stuff that you believe in, but maybe we should have strong borders." Oh, you fucking racist! You fucking Nazi! Yeah, you're suddenly how could you think like that? You must be all right. See, he's a racist. <laughs> Just count everything he says. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I agree with you on yeah. 90% of the shit you're saying. Yeah. We, Just this one little we, thing, maybe we should take a look at it and have a discussion. We could about probably it. like go down like a list of things that need to get done and need to be addressed. And if uh you know, if they fell in the right place, they could probably go forever and ever and ever without having a disagreement. And then suddenly they could get to that. You know, like there's so many things that many people probably really do agree on. We just choose not to focus on it. And it's like yeah. I think I think the whole uh the thing that Sean Spicer said the other day about how there's gonna be, you know, enforcement on the recreational marijuana stuff and you know, yeah. uh, it's totally different than medicinal. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a dick move on the White House's part. That's ridiculous. That's the war on drugs that hasn't worked. That's never going to work. Yeah, Maybe you should rethink that. But I I think that way. But if I say, hey, I don't think uh, a guy that cuts his penis off should be able to wrestle girls in a tournament, then I'm a homophobe or I'm a transphobe. Alt-right. 
It doesn't make, yeah, alt-right, Nazi, <laughs> fascist, fascist. <laughs> And that, this, this, this is this is what comes back to my point. This this is what has gotten the Democratic Party, um, and maybe it's wrong to even say the Democratic Party because the Democrats are not necessarily the regressive left, but the regressive left has taken over the Democratic Party, and this this is what has gotten them to this point. Why is the Senate? Why is the House? Why is the President occupied by Republicans? Although I would disagree with. Trump being a Republican, but why is that a lot of people got tired of hearing all this bullshit on TV and they're pandering to millennials that are now the TV watchers, you know, that they're now the purchasers of internet accounts of different things. And, and here's the thing that they're, that they're satisfying their, what they want to hear. Yeah. And and here's the thing as millennials get older, they're gonna be. They're gonna come to their senses in a way, and, and I'm not saying coming to their senses like, oh, you have to be conservative to be sensible, right? Like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you get world experience. Yeah, when when you understand what it means to be alive in in a world with people, like that's what happens when you transition from this, you know, kind of like wholesale. I'm a liberal slash progressive, slash regressive, whatever you want to call it. Like, there's that transition that happens. And what that transition really means is you you kind of just come back down to reality a little bit. And that doesn't really mean you become conservative. Some cases it does, right? You see, you hear about those stories all the time. You know, we talked about it. Like, when you're young, you're liberal. When you're, you know, whatever. No, yeah. If, if, if you're not a liberal when you're 25, you have no heart. If you're, yeah. if you're not a liberal, I mean, if you're not conservative when you're 35, you have no brain or something. Yeah. But th- there's an expanding middle area that I think both parties need to pay more attention to. I think the conservatives have lucked out, maybe not lucked out, but it just so happened to fall in their favor with, because the left has gone so far left that the middle ground is like, oh, my God, like the middle ground is now right. Like we just talked about, right? Like yeah. if, if you're this, you're suddenly all right, right? So the middle ground is now right. So the the right side of the spectrum is going to benefit from this for a little time. And that's the thing. If there's no middle, it's eliminating any discussion. Yeah. Right? And you, because you need there's to nothing to, to talk about if, they, if, if you're not in the middle. If you're so diametrically opposed, if you're so one way or another way, there's no discussion. Now you're an enemy. Yeah. And and that's what's that is the most concerning of this this whole regressive left movement, right? That 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 right there, this whole rioting when Milo's going to go speak somewhere, right? This whole punching the white nationalists in the face, right? Because you know, are you going to punch the guy who's going to interview the white nationalists because he's enabling them? Like it's a slippery slope, right? This is the problem with that, and you know the the right needs to not even right the center right the center people. The people who are now in a position of power because they have the political power, they have probably the majority of the people's backing in terms of you know not backing ridiculousness. Um, yeah, you know it's the same old story with great power. I really even wonder if those polls are accurate because I think yeah. a lot of people are probably ashamed to say that they think a certain way. Yeah, no, 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 no way you're right. Oh, popular now. And you're so demonized if you don't think that way that now yeah. that if they say, hey, what do you think about this issue? They might say, oh, you know, I I think whatever, you know, the TV says. 
Yeah. Because if I don't do that, I'm a Nazi. But I I think get violence put against me. Yeah, and and I think um, that's why that's why I'll I'll stick with that concept of you know the, the left has gone so far left that the middle is now the right. For the same concept you just said, right? That that whole like, well, am I even going to admit to it because someone's going to try to ridicule me for it, right? Um, the the thing that we need to keep in mind as you know, objective people, is you know, as much as we want to sit there, we we could call uh, melting slow. F- uh, I'm sorry, melting snowflakes is not hard, right? So we could sit here and we could dig into, we could make fun of, and we could just be really harsh on the hardcore left and how ridiculous they sound when they try to say someone's a female when they're a male, right? Like when someone is just skewering themselves on Tucker Carlson. And, and it's like, we could do that. But, but we're we, being the same as them. We need to, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We need to be careful. We need to reach out to them. We need, we need to be. I'd rather talk. be like, listen, let's talk, talk about people, it. Let's you know? talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Just, dude. And I try to do that all the time. And I know it's kind of fruitless probably because it's on the internet. But I think I'm actually gaining a little headway because they keep marrying the make, – marrying – making <laughs> these um, comparisons of Trump to Hitler. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, and I just yeah. keep pointing out how ridiculous that is. Yeah. Bring up your point in saying that Hitler came to power because he offered free shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, and first of all, Germany was in horrible, dire straits. They were starving in the streets because of World War One, the Treaty of Versailles. Right, yeah. so it was horrible, horrible, horrible sanctions against Germany. Divided them up. Their money was worthless. They had nothing. So along yep. comes a guy and he says, "I'm going to give you all this shit. Germany's going to be great again." It, it felt uh, Austria the same thing, right? Like, yeah. and like- and the Jews are the reason this happened. Yep. So then people go, oh, well, you know, Trump is saying America is going to be great again, and Mexico is the reason that this is happening. But that's not the same thing. We have such a high standard of life. We have a whole different, it's a whole, here's a, when, when someone says that Trump is a Nazi, they're at minimum intellectually lazy. Yes. At, at, you know, Worst case, uh, they're just assholes, <laughs> like, or, or they're just idiots. Let's just put it that way, right? Yeah, they're you, completely. I can understand if you're intellectually lazy and you're just trying to, you know, you know, buy into the hyperbole, and you know, you're just a lifelong Democrat and you're just gonna go with the flow. Trump's a Nazi, sure, whatever. You know, we have a, but, we have to have a revolt, man, not a protest. There has to be a revolt. We have to get yeah. this guy out of power. He's really going to just <laughs> hang us all and just everything we fought for, him, man. All of us. You, you know what people, I love? He's just going to hang when us people, in the trees. When people, when people say that, well, he had such a strong anti-Jew Hitler. campaign and an anti-gay campaign. It yeah, makes no I fucking sense. I love when show. when people say Hitler wasn't a not or a Hitler until killed people right like like they try to justify like we got to get ahead of it you got to be like leaning forward you got to be like we're we're going after trump now because we just know he's going to do this and joe this is where that clip from gavin mcginnis and joe rogan would come in because he says exactly that all right uh, gavin mcginnis says people act like they're going to go back in time and strangle hitler in his crib not what's happening it's an imaginary enemy 
Nobody's saying this. Nobody's doing this. Nobody's ever pretended to say anything like that. It's ridiculous. Let's let's play it. I'll play it right now. No one wears them anymore. Now I'm trying to forward it. Two oh one. Like a hoodie. You probably don't hear it. I'm at two. I'm at one thirty right now. I'm just gonna play it. Exactly like Jamie, look. That's what a hoodie. That's what a, an IT guy's dress like. That's the comedian like. too. They all wear yeah. Joe Rogan and Gavin McGinnis. Exactly. Oh, right? McInnes, I guess. I don't know. McInnes. I mean, no, no, it's right. Right. It's M C I N N E S. If anybody wants to look him up on YouTube, he's a funny guy. He's an informed guy. And he started Vice, which a lot of you. He started Vice, right? The founder of Vice. Very left leaning magazine media outlet. Uh, we're at two oh five right now. It's playing. I think you get lumped into like a lot you. of like really fucked up crazy people because you've got some controversial ideas. But I like what you did. I like this pro West, pro gun, pro life, pro gay, pro Israel, pro Trump, anti Nazi. I don't know what Antifa is. I see it all the time. I'm sure you can explain it to us. Okay. Antifa. Uh, anti-censorship, anti-feminist, anti-Islam. Yeah, I don't know. You, just, you leave your heart <laughs> on your sleeve. <laughs> well, it's really Spell handy out. to do that. I, I just did that a, about a week ago. But in this day and age, we're in a weird era where it's like a philosophy age. We're all Romans all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Like Socrates sitting here philosophizing. And you kind of have to make everyone know exactly where you stand on this spectrum. Because... If you're slightly right of center, you're alt-right and you're a yeah, Nazi. Yeah, yeah. And you go, no, those guys hate me, but I hate these guys, so I'm here. Right. You're pro-gay. Yeah, I think yeah. gays are just, you're born gay. Yeah. And the idea that, you know, I know I've lived in the city since I was 18, so I've been around gays for a quarter century, and I think of these guys I know that have been together for 10 years, and I go, so let me get this straight. This These two are going to break up according to you, an evangelical person, and then they're just going to make out with some chick with blonde hair and eat her out. <laughs> and, like, fuck her and have a boner and pray to God. Come on. You know that won't happen. I, I wonder how much of homosexual behavior could be uh, induced by molestation at an early age, though. Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. That seems to be a real factor. It's not, And this is not denying people... Um, that are born gay, but I think there's a spectrum and I think there's most certainly some gay acts that are committed on young people. And horrifically, those people tend to on a, a pretty frequent basis, do the same thing to other young kids. Yep. It gets really weird in, in, in terms of like the victims becoming the victimizer. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. We're walking into the elephant in the room. Well, we're kind of not even. I'm just, just talking about, I was listening to the George Takai interview today because they're trying to pull up everybody. Now that the Milo thing is out, they're, they're pulling up everybody who in any way has condoned sex with underage people. And George Takai was talking about his own experiences in camp. And it was on Stern Show. And he was just talking about what, what he, the way he was describing it as a positive experience with a, a kid who was in his late teens. I think he said he was 19 and he was like 13, somewhere in that age. And, you know, it's absolutely killed. child molestation. It's absolutely right. illegal. But the way he was describing it, he was pretty much describing it as a positive experience. Right. Which, which when is it's your experience, I mean, it's illegal. The guy did something that was against the law. So I ended it at the... Um 
talking about the gay experience type of thing with uh, molestation and things like that. Like uh, talking about Milo and George Takai. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of good conversation there. And but yeah, they started off there. Well, well, not all people. Joe Rogan is some kind of weird combination of everything. But like yeah. Evan McInnes is pretty like you, center right, or maybe people would say he's libertarian. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, he came up with some valid points there. Where he was pepper sprayed, he went to NYU to yeah. give a talk, and you know, he was considered a fascist, even though he agrees with these people on so many issues. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that that was the, w- where they started off. The whole concept of uh, I could agree with these people almost, you know, most of the time, but just because of one thing, I'm suddenly not one of their own. I'm I'm alt right or something like that, and it, and it goes back to what we were just talking about. So it fits really well. Yeah, that's and what I it, was, you know, talking about. I thought it was a really yeah. fitting thing to uh, include in this podcast. He's absolutely right. I mean, it's it's he almost described us. Right? Like he he sat there and said, "Well, I believe in gay rights and gay marriage. I uh, you know I don't want to discriminate against gay people, uh, you know, but but I'm also like maybe fiscally conservative and you know pro gun, pro Israel, pro gun, pro, pro gay, pro yeah. you know and he's like, pro a lot so, of things." And suddenly it's like, well, fuck you. Like, that's, you know, it's like, well, okay, so you just lost an ally, right? Like, because I was, I'm, I'm technically, by definition, a moderate, and, it, and you just made me sound like I'm, you know, not one of you, your people. So you lost an ally when, when it comes to the left and, and, and the center people, right? Um, yeah, and then, and then it went on to the whole Milo thing uh, with the pedophile and, Ooh, that's a interesting topic in itself. <laughs> yeah, um, I really want to get into it too much, but no, no I think won't. he was kind of sabotaged there. I don't. I, yeah, he was targeted. Um, I don't think. I mean, like like you, I don't agree with. He's a victim. He, does. he, he really I, I is think a victim. His, like attack on certain people, like Leslie Jones, was kind of uncalled for. Ghostbusters was a shitty movie, but. You don't have yeah. to call her fat and stupid and yeah, yeah, and all kind of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but he's a tatty, tatty. But that's baby. what he does. You know, that, that's that's his shtick, right? Like that. That is what he does. That's how he makes his bone. You know. That, yeah. That's, um. You know. You, you expect it out of him. He's gonna give it. He's gonna take it. He. You saw? Did you see him on Bill Maher? Like he, he took it. Like they gave it to him, man. And he was just like, their guests were like straight up said. Fuck you. They said that to his face. Like, if that was me, I punched a guy. And he just took it. He was like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy that's not funny at all, that is uh, riding the coattails of Jon Stewart, the black guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. yep. And then they had the the self-proclaimed intelligence uh, specialist that was on. He, first off, let me tell you, he's full of shit. 150% full of fucking shit. I'm telling you that. That's all I'm going to say on that. No, no. I know that you know what you're talking about. I just can't believe that. Uh... Well, I'm glad that Bill Maher had him on. Oh, yeah. I'm very but glad. But at the same point, uh, there was not really any reasonable debate going on. There was something no, that we no... talked about, but it was mostly people calling him names. 
Yeah, I, and I don't mind box. Bill Maher. Like I, th- I think uh, which uh, I often agree with Bill Maher, which is kind of no, I do too. I mean, I think yeah. he's a smart guy. He's yeah. really easy to not like. He has a very shitty attitude and very shitty personality. He comes across <laughs> shitty on on TV. He could be an asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah, but you know, I I. I listen to him. I hey, I don't agree with everything he says, but I'm willing to hear what he says because I think yeah. that he takes the time to be informed. Yeah, he's he's cool. I mean, he does tote a party line sometimes, and uh, I saw an interesting clip with him. Yeah, I mean, every time he talks about that, like, well, do you think that Hillary was really the lesser of two evils? I mean, would he have done this or would she have done that? Yeah, and and come on, man. I think Ann Coulter was on uh, was on a show not too long ago. She is a fucking nut. I mean, she was. She like, no, no, she. Don't get me wrong. She is a nut. Don't get me wrong, but she had her. He he had her on the panel, and uh, she made a really good point. I forget what the point was, but her point was based in fact. Like she had cited research, like peer-reviewed research, and some sort of really good logical rationale for her. Uh, well, she does opinion. that all, all the time. I mean, she's yeah. a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. She, you but know. she did a really good job of articulating that. And Bill Maher's response was, "Oh, we all know that's not the real truth." And everyone in the audience just went, oh, "Yeah, Bill Maher." Oh. And everyone was like, yeah. And it was like, well, that was not a legitimate rebuttal. Like, that was just, that was completely empty. And you're just going to go with it. You're just going to roll with it, man. But the saddest thing is that Bill Maher's news. And that's where people get the news from. Yeah. yeah. And uh, people are informing their opinions on Bill Maher. And even he says, I'm a comedy show. John Stewart says, I'm a comedy show. You know, yeah. but there's people yeah. that listen. They came in, they're unencumbered by the fucking man, and what they say is cool because yeah. uh, it's not reported by CNN, man. You're not going to hear that. <laughs> it's like, no, it really is. They're just putting their little comedic stance on it. You know what we should do? Yeah. We should see, we should, we should see what um, Alex, Jones has, Alex Jones has to say about all this. <laughs> uh, Alex Jones. Welcome to the podcast without a name. Alex Jones, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Joe. Uh, I'm saying uh, I did a lot of thinking about Trump. I think Trump is not one of the leaders of people. I think that, uh, you know, he's not putting mercury in the water. I, th- I think that our water is safe now that so, Trump's in power. Alex, Alex, the big question here is, is Donald Trump an alien? Well, let me tell you about Hart. Because he, Trump didn't send those um, those planes up into the sky to spray us with chemicals. Uh, Obama did. It was it was written in a 152 page report by the CIA that I read. CIA, time. and uh, that was written, and it was a test called Operation Heart, uh, control the population, and they tried to turn us all into lizards, but uh, obviously it didn't work because they were <laughs> testing the wrong chemical. What they should have done was try to turn us into alligators. Well, that's a little ridiculous because that's what the Russians are doing with their drug called Crocodile. You should see this stuff. It's, I mean, everybody's shooting it. Their babies are shooting out their nose. They got the tip of their fingers falling off uh, Crocodile. They're trying to bought that in the U.S., but it was too expensive for our drug population. So the CIA nixed that, and they just brought more crack in from, uh, from Guatemala. From Guatemala. Thank you, Alex Jones. It was a pleasure seeing you this evening. We 
end the segment with Alex Jones. It was amazing having him stop by. Not gonna lie. Yeah, you kind of have to have so Alex Chesum. I suck so bad at Alex Chesum. You do a very good Alex Chesum. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, you, could, you could say anything. You know, frying pans, they put a they put Teflon in there. It says right on there, it's going to kill birds. You don't burn it at a hot temperature. I burn it at a hot temperature. I'm going to put that stuff in my kids' eggs. My, my kids are going to have bird children, and they're going to die of tuberculosis because the vaccinations are cancer. They're, they're cancer right now. And uh, you got to buy these seeds. From this company, we got a whole house. You can make out of seeds. The uh, whole house. The uh, oh, nuclear winter no. comes. All you got to do is spray wood on your house, and you'll have corn to eat. Meanwhile, Richard. Meanwhile, we're sitting here, and we're talking about Alex Jones, and we're talking about Donald Trump's media. I talk about him because he's not a bad dude. He seems like not no, a bad no, no, dude. No, yeah, he's just yeah. fucking a little. But, I think he's a lot listen, paranoid. Listen, we're talking about these things. None of this matters. You know why? Because as we're all occupied, as the media is, you know, putting up their headlines, Donald Trump's a fascist. He hates us. He's uh, between the moon and the earth. Yeah, as as he's putting up, as they're as CNN, you know, runs their headlines of, you know, uh, you know, freedom of the press is gone, and and as you know, Washington Post puts on. By the way, if you go to Washington Post website. Their normal banner on their website says um, Washington Post like it normally does, but underneath it says uh, democracy dies in the darkness or something like that. <laughs> Dude, I yeah. got in this fight with this chick about yeah. uh, about um, uh, discrimination justicism against black people. Oh, and uh, I, you know, I told her I said, yeah, I agree with you that you know black people are probably disproportionately prosecuted for crimes disproportionately proportionately i'm sorry uh prosecuted for crimes um you know compared to white people i said but it's not due to racism it's due to poverty and she started shooting all these things at me about slavery and jim crow (laughs) i'm like like, where's your point of reference yeah jim crow has not been in existence i believe this is the Civil War ended a long time ago. Yeah. Slavery ended in 1865. Yeah. So where is your fucking point of reverence? Re- yeah. not reverence. Reference. Re- point of reverence. <laughs> well, you really don't think that slavery has lasting implications in uh, well, yeah. these times? Listen. And I don't think they do because yeah. there's several black people that have written several articles yeah. about welfare being the destruction of the black family. Listen, I understand. We, With their Uncle Tom. I think this whole, uh, I think the whole race issue could be a whole episode, so I'm not going to get too into this. No, no, because- no. I, I, I was just bringing that up. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I'm going to make a comment on it. I, I, I think... I think uh, the African-American community has been exploited. Uh, I think that they have ground to catch up on. Let, let's be real, right? Let, for, you know, what, a good 150 years or so, uh, maybe, you know, wh- whatever amount of time, uh, they were at a disadvantage. So uh, the white race in American culture uh, has a head start. I'm not going to deny that that fact. Right, but it's, I'm gonna. But it's our culture. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm not let saying me, that. Let me, that let me black finish. People shouldn't have as many jobs or anything. No, you're right. You're right. No, no. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with but you. We're but we're 70 percent of the population. Yeah, we're well, never going I, to have what we have. Yeah, yeah no, no. What I'm and and you're right. And, and my point is that there there's some truth in the concept that African Americans might be behind in terms of. Uh, you know, getting ahead in society and opportunity because of the circumstances for which they came to this country. Um, I acknowledge that, and I think it's it's worth um, further, uh, you know, review and uh, consideration. But you know, I, I think the biggest enemy to the African American community is the Democratic Party. I I, I have to be yes one hundred percent honest with you. If you look at every single. Every single populace. Every single policy that was put in place to yeah. help them has done nothing yep. but hurt them. Let's let's take Baltimore. For decades. Let's take Baltimore for example, right? That that's Which a that's majority a majority white city. It's no, it's a majority black no, city. Baltimore is majority white. Oh well. Pull, I mean, pull it up right now. Google. It could be. My my point is it's majority whether it's majority white or black, the whole point is the mayor's black, the council's black. Every the Maybe city, the, the police, county of Baltimore, the police commissioner is black. The everyone is black in that city, right? But somehow that's exactly that, what I said. Yes. Sorry, continue with your point. I was talking yeah. about Philadelphia. Seventeen yeah. members of Same the uh, city council are black. Yep. The mayor is white this time, but he was Detroit. black next time. Detroit. He was black at the time before completely, that. Completely ran by Democrats and, and African Americans, right? So shouldn't African Americans completely ran by Democrats and African Americans? Baltimore completely ran by African Americans uh, and Democrats. And you know what's funny? Like forty-four or forty-five percent of Philadelphia is black, but only I think uh, I think it's like twenty-nine or thirty percent of Baltimore is black. But I think it's because there's a Baltimore the city and then a Baltimore the, the county. County, yeah, you're 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 probably right in that because the city itself is is a probably majority minority, um, which is funny to and say. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's <laughs> exactly minority. the point that I was bringing up. But it, it, here's the thing, right? If if you want to sit here and scream racism, if you want to scream uh, injustice. Don't do it in a city that's dominated by minorities, dominated by minority leadership, and dominated by minority uh, like council people and functional people. Like pull it, pull it out in Alabama, right? Pull it out in maybe Louisiana, even right? Like pull it out in places where you are the actual minority and you're being taken advantage of. But Baltimore, you're not. You're not being taken advantage of in Baltimore. What's happening in Baltimore is you you are being taken advantage of, but you're not being taken advantage of by white people. You're being taken advantage of your own people. And you, you you're know being taken advantage of a Democratic Party because it is it is a self fulfilling prophecy. It's a vicious cycle for a Democratic Party to keep African Americans hating people. Yeah, and that's just the bottom line. They they, they need they need minorities, not even just African Americans, any minority. To hate white people and oh, to I hate minority, Joe, but continue with your point. Yeah, for the most part, though, uh, American they Indians need them to never talked about. Never yeah, talked you're about. right. They don't talk about America. You're right. You're, right, you're, right, you're, you're absolutely right about that. But uh, they need it to. They need the big 
I guess, elephant in the room to focus on because otherwise the, the light would be shined on them. And if they, it's almost like the Middle East, right? Saudi Arabia needs Israel, right? Jordan needs Israel. Like Turkey needs Israel. Like they, Syria even to a certain degree, it's a little bit weird with Syria, but Iraq, Iran, they need Israel. Because if Israel doesn't, didn't exist, their populations would turn around and go, holy fuck. Israel is not holding us down. Israel is not taking advantage of us. Israel is not making me wear a scarf over my head. Like, well, that's it's the, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Arabia. It's not the it's two. The, it's not the two. Uh, the two state solution. It's the, the no state solution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we created that problem. But the whole point. Is, the whole my whole point is there needs to be a focal point because if the focal point wasn't there, it would shine back on the, the people that are creating that focal point. So in African American communities, if they didn't have conservatives and white people to shine it on, it would shine back onto their own leaders, and they would go, "Wait a minute, it's been thirty, forty, fifty years since the civil rights movement, and look at my community; it's still in shambles. Our education sucks. Most of our are filled with black people and we've been led by nothing but Democrats like and, and false prophets but Joe that's what would isn't happen isn't that what you said before yes no this, I mean uh, what... uh, the part about um, oh fuck what was it you said something about uh, oh that was it property taxes dictating how great yeah. your uh, your education yeah. was right? yeah. that's inherently racist so yep. couldn't we say taxes are racist? Oh yeah, you can make that argument, right? I mean, the the whole point is though, like people need to funnel and and like create conflict for self preservation. This is the this is the same thing with uh, the Penn State issue, right? With the whole with Joe Paterno and Sandusky, like the board of trustees. I like to not get into open up this debate. The the board of trustees were the ones that fucked up, man. Like they were the ones that that covered up any issues. Yeah. And they, they needed a scapegoat, and they used Joe Paterno. They needed a scapegoat because they it, it would have been them otherwise. It's the same thing when you're talking about minority communities and minor and minority dominated cities. These people, it's about self preservation. It's about keeping their position. It's about Trying to preserve their power. How do we help money. these poor black children? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no way they can succeed on their own. We have to help them. Yep. And it's that's a, racist. It's the soft bigotry of low expectations. Yes. And that's from George Bush, man. George W. Bush is, well, his speechwriter. But the whole point is, like, fuck it, man. Like, look back. Listen, if you're black... I don't know if you're going to be listening to this, but if you're black and you happen to be living in an inner city, which is statistically probably the case, stop what you're doing. Go to your front door. Just stop what you're doing. Open your door. Look out your window. Look out your door. Look out your window, whatever it might be, and go, am I better off than I was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago? Are my family, my friends, my community any better than we were 30, 40 years ago? 
And you know what? In 90% of those cases, they're going to say no. And then you know what's going to happen? You need to look back and go, well, why is that the case? You know what? It's not because white conservatives are screwing you over. You've been ruled and dominated by the Democratic Party and liberals for 30 to 40 years. How do you feel about that? And they you treat let that you, continue? And they treat you like somebody that can't succeed without their They treat help. you like you're a fucking idiot and you're not. No. There's so many yeah, smart black I maintain. people. So many, there's so many good, smart African-American people. There's and they've plenty been, of talent they've been fed this lie people. that they're yes. never going to succeed. That they're never going to succeed. And it's all because of the federal government. So it's, what, it's are your, what are your chances of succeeding if your whole life has been, you know, you being told that you're not going to succeed? Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, no, so what, what's your what's your motivation for trying at that? Point? I can make I can make this whole podcast into a race relations podcast, man. Like this this Did is I one thing I can talk. You're saying yet? No, no. I, I said race relations. No, no. Me. I mean, what I said. Did I sound racist? I don't. Th- no, no. Absolutely not, dude. Look, listen. There's nothing wrong with with criticizing the status quo. No. And if you are African-American, and if you happen to be listening to this show, which we have like three listeners, so who the F knows who's listening we're to this? We're not even going live right now. I thought we were going to go live on, on YouTube. If we were live. Uh, but the whole point is, listen, you need whether you're white in a white community, a black person in a black community, uh, you know, a dog in in a dog community or a bird in a bird community, wherever you are, (laughs) whatever you're doing in your life, right? There's nothing wrong with questioning the hierarchy and the structure for which you're operating in, right? Because if you don't question, these people are just acting with impunity and they're just going to do what they need to do, right? And they're going to do what's going to serve them and not necessarily you. They're going to make it sound like it's serving you. They're going to do whatever they can to make you think they're on your side. But at the end of the day, it's a zero-sum game. They're trying to make money. They're trying to better themselves individually and... You need to question that because if you don't question it, it's going to be taken advantage of. And that that's that is happening in the minority communities in this country. People are being taken advantage of. And it's not necessarily the people that people are telling them that they are taking advantage of them. It's actual people right next to them or around them that are doing it. It's the ones that they go to on the weekends that are, you know, preaching to them going, the white man is holding you down. You're a victim over and over again. When the reality is, it, you're not a victim right now. Yeah, you know, you've been victimized. Don't get me wrong. You've been put at a disadvantage. The curve is is steeper for you. But the the thing that causes that to be an issue is when when people get invested in your curve. White people are not invested in black people's curves. You know why? Because it doesn't help anyone. If there's a certain section of our society that is at a steeper curve, that's behind and lagging that doesn't help anyone it doesn't help business it doesn't help your neighbors it doesn't help your community it doesn't help anyone it is in every everybody's individual interest that everyone around them is doing well and doing well for the right reasons right it's not in anyone's interest that someone is marginalized 
in any way, shape, or form, whether you're a big business or just some mom and pop shop or just some regular old, old blue collar worker, that's a union person, right? Like, it, there's no benefit to them for you to be marginalized as a black person. There's no benefit for them for you to be marginalized as an old person. There's no benefit for them for you to be marginalized as a female or a male. There's no benefit at all in any way, shape or form. This fact that people are just out there and want to hold you down for no reason whatsoever, because you think that because, oh, if they hold me down, that makes more for them. That's not the case. That's not true. That's not how economics work. We need a broad consumer base with purchasing power. That's what business thrive off of. If businesses don't have that, they don't have a a bloodline. They don't have a a sustaining amount of cash flow. They need you to be buying stuff. They need you with money. They need you to be working hard and wanting to strive for something better for yourself because that's where businesses thrive. It's, it's It's a cycle. It's a interop. It's a it's 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 just it's how capitalism works. What is it? Know, Isn't not, that what black green. people would say? Is that uh, the man pays them so that they spend their money on Jordans and they don't spend their money on kids because they made it profitable Perhaps. for women to have have children and have the father not be yourself, there. If your labor. Your your labor as a and, commodity. And that sounded really racist, but I wasn't trying to be racist. No, but. no, you're you're trying to provide that view, right? But my argument would be that if you educate yourself, if you give yourself the right amount of skills, that that business needs you as much as you need business. Right, so if you're just gonna be sweeping floors, if you're just gonna be being yeah, a, you, you know, could have the best hamburger shop, but there's nobody yeah. there to buy hamburgers. Yeah, gonna fail. Yeah, and th- that's my whole point. Like in, in a pure capitalist society, not greedy, uh, you know, not communism. Right, in a pure capitalism society, capitalist society, everyone has a role to fulfill. Everyone has something to achieve, and it's valuable. And it, there's no room for someone to marginalize you and go, well, you're an asshole. You suck. Therefore, you need you know, government welfare. And what are your thoughts on this, Joe? Don't yeah. you think that maybe illegal immigration is stealing jobs from inner city people? Like the illegal uh, immigrants that are in inner city environments? There, I mean, there's real, a good argument for that. Blacker, blacker, brown person or whoever could be manning that grill. So the civil rights movement would say yes. Right, uh, that that's just a classic civil rights movement platform. Um, I don't know if I've looked into the data enough to have an, a, a formed opinion but on I mean, that. To be honest with you, who else? Right, so you have a high school dropout black person, yeah, high school dropout Mexican person. Uh huh. Who are you going to hire? Well, I mean, I guess at that point it depends on who's going to be the cheapest, right? Yeah. So yeah. the Mexican, I mean, all things equal. Pay taxes I mean, or doesn't have to pay taxes, doesn't have to put that on the So you could pay him what? Yeah, I'd have to look more. Like, I think your that point uh, probably is valid because uh, they're not picking strawberries in the inner city, right? They're not cutting lettuce no. down. They're they're not doing anything that that anybody else wouldn't do. In yeah, the inner city, I mean, doing I th- the same think- jobs as anybody else. I would I would have to agree. I think it's worth. I keep yawning. It's common sense. Yeah. No. I th- I think 
I think there's some credence to that argument. Right. I, so- I have to be honest with you. I, I've heard that argument on a few occasions, largely from civil rights groups who made that argument. Um, I haven't looked into the research research to know for sure. Um, but logically, if you put things together, yes, it makes sense. Um, there's also a side of it of... Um, I'm telling you, Joe, I've been in several kitchens. I yeah. mean, not necessarily as a worker, just like trying out, doing whatever. And um, it's been mostly Spanish-speaking people. Yeah, no, I would it's agree. It's not like a bunch of old black guys flipping stuff on the grill. It's it's Spanish speaking people. No, you're and um, I would I would make the point that uh, although anecdotal, anecdotal, anecdotal evidence is what spawns research. So, the concept of you observing something doesn't necessarily discount it, right? It, it's important because observation is what spawns research. I think it's true. Now, because yeah. and it, it and it would, could be proven true with research. My, my point is, I haven't looked at research yet to see it. And being a maid is a Spanish thing. I guarantee yeah. you that probably seventy percent of the maid population in Philadelphia is Spanish or Spanish. Espanol. I guarantee it. I would agree. I mean, my point is, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think being uh having a, a personal experience which can only I be likened to anecdotal um you know it, there's important there's an important thing from that right you, this what you're saying the, your observations are things that over years and years and years and centuries and centuries and centuries has spawned research right so i think what you're saying probably is could be proven to be true so i personally would agree that it's probably true. I just haven't. I just can't. I can't speak from authority because I haven't looked in that research. And it's I like think the I Chinese back in the um, before the Industrial Revolution, like back in the uh, I guess what people would call the Old West, right? So they were like um, laundry, like uh, laundry people. Look uh, they are yeah. now. I mean, it's the same thing. Restaurants yeah. and laundries. Yeah. Who owns that? Yeah. Mostly Asian people. Yep. The grill. No, now, I agree. The grills, the maids, in in the world, right? In in well, not in the world, in uh, in America. Who does America? That? America. Right? If if I'm going to hire a maid, what are the chances that she speaks Spanish? And even if she's not a first generation Spanish speaking person, what's the get? I mean, what's the uh, Chance that she is a Spanish-speaking Latin person. Uh, Very high, six, right? six in seven. Right, you walk into a dry cleaner. <laughs> What's the chance that it's an Asian person? Four in six. No way. I would say it was one. <laughs> I would say it was probably ninety-nine and a hundred. I'm just making that up. No, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just what there is. It's not a stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. what, what there is. Yeah, so, I agree. These things are stereotypical um, Lat- Latino jobs, but there's a reason for that. They are Latino jobs. So those, I mean, those things, I mean, how many legitimate maids do you think there are? I mean, do you think it's cheaper to call a maid service that pays taxes 
or do you think it's cheaper to call somebody on eBay or or Craigslist that's name is Lupe that's been here for <laughs> for a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing against I, her. God bless her. She's working. She's doing her job. She's working I feel you. hard. She's supporting people. I feel you. God bless you. I didn't sneeze. But don't you think <laughs> that if we had less less of those kinds of people, yeah. There may be more young, brown, black women and men that have been failed by the shitty public uh, uh, school education system yep. would then have more opportunity to get jobs like that. Yeah, I agree. I would. I would, there's, I would only, uh, there's only so many houses to clean, Joe. Yeah. There's, you know, there's only so many restaurants to work at. Well, I would hope they would come and clean my house because... I mean, that's not racist, right, Joe? I mean, that's just the way it is. No, I mean, if you're if you're observing reality, like, I mean, it's, you know, some people like to designate things as racist when it's just the reality. Like, when, when someone says black-on-black crime, the, you know, there's a, a small segment of society that goes, well, that's racist to, to point out black-on-black crime. No, it's just, it is what it is. It's black-on-black crime. It happens, right? Um no, I mean when when you're pointing out a social fact, uh, you you can't by default be racist, right? It, facts are facts. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think that there's really any attempt by myself anywhere to be racist. I mean, I I, no, no. I think if you look at the numbers, that's that's how it is. That is how it is. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, I think we're, we'll probably end up having like a, a whole podcast on race because I, I plan on it. I, I think it's important. I think we should do it. And it's something that's been near and dear to my heart. So we'll move on from it just because we're at an hour and 17 minutes. I would like to talk about North Korea. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no, that's good. That's good. Um, well, me- meanwhile, while we're we're all worried about uh, Trump's uh, tiffs and tats or whatever you want to call it it's with the media, unbreaking the law, un- unconstitutional act. Yeah, we're we're so worried about the possible, you know, violation of the freedom of press in America, which isn't a violation of the freedom of the press because they have no other additional freedoms than anyone else. Anyway. Um, North Korea uses VX nerve gas and targets uh, someone and kills them in a major Asian airport in Kuala, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And no major news outlet cares to even really cover it. I mean, it's almost like a whisper in the night. North Korea uses VX gas. In another news, Trump hates freedom. We'll go with that. Trump hates freedom. Everyone, oh, Trump. like, like that. That's what it is. And meanwhile, you have, uh, you know, Kim Jong Un, who just used VX nerve gas in a Malaysian airport. Well, you know, I don't think uh, people understand the science of of nerve gas and nerve yeah. agents and, and how they work and how they're, you know, banned by uh, what is it the Geneva Convention? Pretty was much that? everything. Yeah. yeah. And here's the here's it's the thing that's most alarming. Here's the thing. It's not just any VX nerve gas, too, right? So the speculation, and this is speculation only because the Malaysian government didn't come out and say this, but the speculation is uh, what was employed or deployed was VX2, 
So VX2 is a combination of two chemicals. I forget the name of the chemicals. I'd have to look it up, but I'm you know going by the research that I've done on it. I didn't just I'm not pulling this out of my ass, right? It's called VX2. What happens is the chemicals by themselves in a lot of situations are harmless. So, when, but what happens is when they're applied together at a certain uh, levels, they become very deadly. So VX2 is that situation. So uh, when Kim Jong Nam or Nam or whatever his name is was um, murdered, what happened was two females went up to him. The first female put the, the, uh, something on his face, and the second female put something else on the face, and that reaction right there is what killed him. And the second female also experienced the reaction herself, and she knew to to go clean herself or wash herself so she didn't die um which would go against her alibi which was she thought it was a prank um the reality is what happened was a very sophisticated attack against an individual in a highly populated airport in malaysia and uh none of them were pranking anyone none of neither of those individual females uh, really thought they were pranking anyone. They were both trained. They practiced, and it's bullshit. Um, the reason why the female number two didn't die is because she knew what she was doing. Um, and North Korea pulled it off. They killed. They assassinated someone in a in an airport that has fifty million people transit it a year, and they did it knowing that people would know that it was VX gas. That's the that that's the but you, you're not dumb enough. You could be stupid. You could be the most complete asinine person in the world, and still know that people will know you use the VX gas. Like it's not. It's not like oh they might just think it's water. They're just you know the world's stupid. Like yeah, it's, it's like it's it's not like that shit that I watch on um, all those murder shows. That, yeah, sexual uh, <laughs> choline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like undetectable by uh, autopsy. Yep. Yeah. If I was, it's not that bad. I do it. So while while we're sitting here, while CNN, MSNBC, even Fox News is sitting there, and they're just running their like constant forty, you know, twenty four hour news cycle of Trump is, uh, you know, threatening the freedom of press. While we're all just, you know. Sitting there going, oh my God, Trump's a Nazi over and over again, and just meanwhile, Korea could just send somebody over here with a ton of VX gas. Meanwhile, Korea just displayed that they're not, they're not going to think twice about deploying VX gas in a major international airport outside of their their country. Surprise! Fifty million people go through that airport a year, so. I don't know. I, I don't have a calculator. What's that per day? I mean, Jesus. right? I mean, so VX gas is, is raid for human beings, right? It's not meant to be like, oh, you have to apply it directly to someone to kill them. No, it's meant to kill people in mass. It's the fact that they were only, they only killed one person with it. And this is a very targeted and surgical assassination only goes to show how sophisticated they have gotten with it. So what those two females that put it on his face, the fact that they're both living is almost 
a scientific achievement in itself. So that that's just another way of saying, by the way, Western world, fuck you. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that uh, they could both survive when handling very deadly chemicals without any protective gear. Think about that. All these two females had to do is fly into Atlanta, the busiest airport in the world. I think it's 125 million people a year go through their airport. Um, Fly into Atlanta. They obviously could bring these chemicals undetected into highly secure airports because that's the Kuala Lumpur's airport. It's a pretty sophisticated and secure just put, area. Just put an explosive device on it that uh, no, you don't hurt to, you the don't chemicals. Have, like, you don't even have to do that with VX gas, man. You don't even have to do that with VX gas. You, you don't need to explode it. If you do, fine. You're just going to have that much more devastation, well, right? Like, Great. People like heat it up and vaporize it or something? That would- All they have to do is walk into a terminal that's busy and small spray bottle or just a, a vial of it and just throw it in the air. Let it go. And you, two, three, four dozen people died. Will die. Easy. Easy. Not even thinking about it. They wouldn't have to try too hard. Maybe the people who would throw it in the air would die too, but that's how easy it is with VX gas. And who were they friends with? Who were North Korea friends with? China. Malaysia, surprisingly, because Malaysia is a North Korean ally. That's a that's um, a Muslim country too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh I mean North Korea doesn't have many allies, but China's one of them. Uh and China's but China's kind of I think China off. values our our trade yeah, more they've, than they've they value off. North Korea. They they've backed off a lot. Yeah. Malaysia was an uh, an ally. To North Korea, um, maybe not. Doesn't even have toilets, bro. They no. shit in the street. Good for them, you know. No, it's I, like I there's, love... there's a city of like billions of people. What is it, uh, Jakarta? Yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. They shit in the street. There's like an initiative. I, I would to, like, love to be able to shit in the street. Just to be honest with you, I'm just gonna Dude, be... they get all kind of diseases. It's like, but uh, I'd be. I'm gonna be real with like you. Oregon could... Trail. <laughs> if <laughs> like, I could just shit in the street. I would do it. Yeah. Makula. Well, that's every day for them. Well, I would do it every day if I could too, Rich. Yeah, but they have no toilet. <laughs> I'm just giving you. You that. want to. They have to. It's true. It's a need and a want, right? Yeah, man. I'm telling you, that's a fucked up country. It's a real fucked up country. Anyway, the whole point is while we're all sitting here, everyone's just obsessed over Trump. <laughs> and I'm talking you know, about shit in the street. And then we have word Kim Jong Un, who just targeted a, a targeted assassination of an individual using VX, VX nerve gas in a, in a very major airport. Yeah, I mean, there's Asia. millions of people around there. That could have easily have killed a lot of people. I know. And it just goes to show that he is willing to deploy it wherever. Like, there's nothing that would stop him probably from deploying that to a U.S. airport. I don't even know if we have. And this is a good question to maybe pose. Is there extreme vetting for North Korean people? 
That's a good question, right? And, yeah. and also, do, do we also have the ability to detect uh, VX nerve gas? <laughs> Right? Like, is that something we could detect? Like, we could de- detect explosive substances. Yeah, right? What about dogs? Like, can they smell that? If they smell that, are they going to yeah. die? Like, this is a good question because for years and years and years, we think VX nerve gas, for for the most part, has been a very sophisticated biological weapon, only used by uh, nations that have the ability and money and the, the tacit knowledge to deliver it, right? Um, we, we probably discounted the concept of rogue nations just deploying it wherever it might be if not for any other reason other than the idea of them not being able to be sophisticated enough to actually be able to transport it and deploy it somewhere outside of a controlled area um so now we have a situation where north korea has demonstrated the ability to not only develop um and maintain uh, weaponized VX nerve agent, but they're also able to deploy it in a controlled manner to a foreign country. We're talking hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from where it was produced and created. So that's a game changer, right? I mean, I mean, otherwise it's a, it's on a bomb that's meant to be, that was never deployed ever. Like, I mean, we, we have chemical weapons in America. I don't know to what degree we still have. Uh, I mean, it was like, uh, it was a thing that was meant to kill that one guy. So, I mean, maybe that's different than what they would need to kill a whole bunch of people. No, it takes, I think it's, tw- I mean, uh, maybe ten, it was like, uh, I believe it's 10 milligrams can kill literally like 10 milligrams of it can kill like, I think a couple dozen people. But you have to find a way to aerosolize it, like to get it into the air, or to get it to touch a bunch of bunch of people. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, like if you're spraying it on somebody's face to kill them, obviously yeah. it has to be a thing that it has to be able to touch your skin. Yeah, but I think I think the the problem, the issue with it, which makes it so deadly, is the fact that I think it's self aerosol. What's it called? Aerosolizing. Is it aerosolizing? It, it, it is because it's a gas, right? So then Would you why say, did more people die at that, that airport? Because uh, the thing is, what they do is they liquefy it. And with the, when you liquefy it, you're, you're trying to condense it or you're, you're introducing enough uh, liquid into the gas or you're, you're, you're either introducing liquid or you're changing the temperature to make it liquefied. So what they did was they actually had a certain amount of liquid either on their hands or on a piece of paper or on a rag or something and put oh. it on his face. So it's active so, on like a really low. I think like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's natural form. It, it is a gas. So you could liquefy it, but and if it, it probably was on like a piece of paper. How I mean, I mean that's just how science works. It has to be something that could pass through like your. Your mem- your skin, you know, membrane. Yeah, I think, and, and and I think in this case, what and would which would also makes it pretty sophisticated is their ability to put it in a delivery mechanism that's very strategic and specific. Because VX VX Nergas wasn't designed to be an assassination weapon, right? Like it was meant to kill mass amount of people. It was never the goal of VX gas was it to, you know go after one specific person. It was meant to take out wide areas of people. So in its natural form, it's a gas, right? So it just, it, uh, you know, permeates through the air 
right? Um, when it when it's in a liquid form, that's it's non natural state, but it's still effective because it's a, easier to de- deliver in a very strategic or surgical way. So, what do you oh. think the reason is for um, for people not reporting? You know that attack. I mean, what's because the- we just don't give a fuck about it. Because we don't give a fuck. Because people don't care, right? Like we don't well, care. Oh, he's a, some Kim Jong Un killed his half brother in Malaysia with a VX nerve gas. You might as well just say, by the way, Taco Bell is not serving hard shell tacos anymore. <laughs> okay, I get what and you're saying. And then people go, yeah. "I like soft shell tacos. I don't give a fuck." Yeah, because it wasn't anything uh, <laughs> sensational to them. Yeah. It's yeah. sensational to I mean, somebody like you, but it's not to them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the whole point. Like, people don't understand the brevity for what this, mean, what this means. Like, North Korea, uh, already considered somewhat rogue nation, who may or may not be led by a rational or irrational actor, just de- successfully deployed one of the most deadly chemical weapons in the world in a targeted assassination attempt, or not attempt, in a successful assassination uh, operation in one of the most busy airports in Asia. <laughs> well, Joe, that's a mouthful. It is a, it is a mouthful, and you know, will it ever really affect the U.S.? Maybe not. But what that means is... I, Best and uh, no, no, not at best. So maybe we at, should be a little more careful on who we let in. Well, we should probably be a little more forceful with our foreign policy. Well, minimal. North Korea. Yeah. Aside from war, what can we do? We'll think. We'll, th- we'll I mean, think about this. There's already so many sanctions. They're like apparently starving, starving over there. Maybe so not the, the, the moon, but, individuals you know, that deployed this gas. In the Kuala Lumpur, um, were I believe they were Taiwanese, and what was the other country? It wasn't. I can tell you, there were North Koreans involved. There were dudes that were North Koreans that they got from surveillance that were interacting with the females. But the females that actually deployed the VX gas were not North Korean. They were Taiwanese and something else. I they might have been Malaysian and Taiwanese, and. So the the my point there would be if if North Korea wanted to pull off a similar chemical uh, attack in a Western country, maybe not even the U.S., but let's say somewhere in Europe or something like Spain, France, yeah. they like doing that. They probably could. That that that's the most alarming thing. They could send a message to the world by assassinating a perceived like, you know, opposition party member, the half brother of Kim Jong-un and like have most of the world just kind of like bat an eye at it and go, whatever. Right. But what they're really saying is, by the way, we have the ability, we have the, the tacit knowledge. We have the actual weaponization of this material and we could deliver this wherever. It doesn't have to be from a North Korean. It could be from some wherever it might be, the indigenous person of that area who gives a half, right? We have intelligence services doing it. Like, I mean, Malaysia is not that close to North Korea. I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, relatively speaking, it's close, but it's still a significant distance from North Korea. 
No, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a scary thing. And I think that yeah. it's right that you're upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. But what will we do? Think about that. Well, Let's say I tomorrow. Mean, there's no sanctions place on them, right? I mean, they're already fucked by us. So the only way we could fuck them more is by invading them. Yeah. I mean, or maybe we put more pressure on China, right? Maybe because China Trump is probably their been, only. Right? Well, I think Trump has been uh, putting pressure on China since day one, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's doing it because of the North Korean issue, but um, he could probably get. I mean, maybe he get more tough on China. I, I think China probably backs off before it becomes. I think China concedes their relationship with North Korea before they concede their relationship with us. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If not, just it, it, economic reasons. If they, yeah. they don't have anything. They don't produce anything. So we could further marginalize North Korea, but it's not going to mean anything for them because they're already in poverty. Like they're they're not. It's not. It's going to be a blip on the radar for them. But if maybe if some more of their funding get cuts off, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they have any funding already, I mean, I, I, I just don't know if there's any, uh, you know, carrots to still be, you know, dealt. In the carrot and stick scenario with them, right? I, I'm not necessarily endorsing war, but it does. It definitely requires a, a microscope uh, after that situation. I, I think you have to go to North Korea. Like, listen, you, maybe you you still have a diplomatic approach or the carrot approach, and go, hey, we know what you just did. We're not going to let it happen again. You know, maybe, maybe we could, you know, symbolically proclaim that and, and, you know, maybe do some sort of, you know, UN Security Council thing, right? But um, at the end of the day, none of that really means anything other than just symbolic, you know, condemning of the situation. So Could you, you have picture, to, though, if, like, we sent Rex Tillerson over there and the same thing happened to him as what happened to that guy in the airport? Well, it would be, that would be war. Be I mean, there, there, were, there would be no... There'll be no around that. Like, if this happens again, and it happens to a Western country in particular, what do you it, think? It's, it's going to be war. Do you think that maybe that's why nobody ever sends anyone over there? I mean, you have Dennis Rodman. Who gives a shit about him? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yes and no, right? Like, I mean, it's it, the reason why we don't have a diplomatic envoy to North Korea is because it's North Korea, and we're not going to get anywhere. Um, I'm sure you know what I, I think any president would consider one if if there was an opportunity for one I think why not right if 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 there was a door open for you to kind of get get it to get to the table with North Korea why why don't you do it just do it right I mean if you have the opportunity yeah, go ahead that's do why it. nobody sends anyone over there no it's I, be I, like I, something I, crazy something crazy will happen I don't know I, 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 don't, I don't think know if the, the U.S. Think- is ready to. Put their dick I disagree. In, in I, I don't think I don't think we would uh, hold back diplomats because we think they're they're going to deploy some sort of assassination attempt, right? Um, if you don't uh, think because so? no, because I I don't think I don't think North, I think North Korea is, I think they're he, I think he's crazy, Kim Jong Un, but I don't think he's he's that crazy. Like I don't think he's crazy enough to say, okay, America, send a diplomatic envoy, and I'm going to kill him. Right, because he knows that certain death. I think there's a certain amount of survival that still is within. You think his he cares brain. about that? 
living. Yeah, he's already a god. Like he's a god yeah. to those people. I think he. I think he cares about living because it's not just about him living. It's about his lineage. It's about his family. Um, he probably wants his kids to be a ruler. He, he, you know, he doesn't necessarily care about his people, obviously. But I think I think there's a certain amount of rational thought that you could kind of you know map out. Uh, whether it doesn't make sense or not, but I think there's a, a certain mapping to be made, and I think he's not that dumb, right? I, I don't think he's. I think he might be crazy to a certain degree. I think he might, uh, you know, not obviously not be on the same plane as democratic Western societies, but I don't think he's going to kill diplomats that come over in goodwill. I, I just don't think he will. I think he'll kill his half brother. Uh, to send a message to the West, I think he'll kill his half brother because he thought his half brother is going to be his de facto uh, ruler in exile because he was apparently uh, reportedly um, uh, approached by North Korean uh, groups that were looking for um, uh, and a leader in exile to counter him. I think he'll kill them for that. I, I mean, I think there's many reasons why he would kill him, thinking thinking that he's a threat, and one of them being that uh, he's sending a message saying, "I have the ability, I have the knowledge, I have the uh, capability to do this, and I'm going to do it if I need to." Um, but just think about that, man. Like we're we're not talking about a nuclear weapon. We're not talking about inter intercontinental ballistic missile. With a a merv on it, where where multiple warheads are gonna you know come down on the east coast, right? We're not talking about this because we have systems that early detection systems that see that coming, uh, can counter it. We're talking about a pure, uh, unde almost undetectable uh, weapon that in in this case could have very well been the VX two, uh, you know, a variant. Where it it takes two methods of deployment to actually make it functional and uh, deadly. So, you know, I mean, we're talking. I mean, think about all the countries that have that ability. We have, uh, we probably have that ability. I don't know to what degree we actually have VX nerve gas anymore, but we at one point had that ability. Ability. Russia probably has that avail ability. Um, most nuclear nations probably have that ability, right? Um, out of all those nations, which one's actually going to deploy it? Because they know there's there's a certain level of mutually assured destruction that rational nations are not going to deploy it. Uh, we're not going to do it because if we did it against, say, Russia or China, well, that's war. I mean, we're talking about millions of people dead, right? I mean, and that's pretty much the case for every country. Um, but Think about that in a North Korean context. What does it mean for them? I don't think they care. Yeah. I honestly don't think they care if they die. Yeah, and and that's the that might be the most worrisome thing, because they could even th there could be a rational school of thought for them that could end with we don't care. If that if, I don't know if that makes any sense, but my whole point is there could be a logical progression of thought for their perspective that ends with death. Think about that in a radical Islam, right? There is a school of thought in Islam where 
the ends is death and it's legitimate. So in that regard, you could sit here and go, well, I studied Islam. I understand the progression of a martyr. And, uh, you know, this, you know, this is how they justify and this is how they get to that. Right. Um, we could we could actually observe that in education and uh, or in academia and measure that. Well, what if that's the case for North Korea? What 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 if that's that's a legitimate ends for them? There there could be a logical progression that we we might not have even discovered yet. Well, that's what I think. That's what I think it is. That's why I mean. I think he's the most dangerous person in the world right now. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody more dangerous than him. You could take the sum of all. Radical Islamists, and I think North, North Korea is probably run for their money in terms of danger. <laughs> well, Islam is dangerous in that it's subversive. It's it's um, it's undetectable until it's already there. Yeah, yeah. Which anyway. which you could argue is the same for North Korea deploying VX gas in an international airport, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, you know. I, Islam is something that like infiltrates Kim Jong Il. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, is something that uh, or somebody but, that does something crazy every once in a while. But, but think about really crazy. Yeah. But think about to the extent for which they could infiltrate. Like, yes, they could actually physically infiltrate, right? And they could, you know, spread an ideology and radicalize people and create homegrown violent extremists, right? But they can't necessarily. Uh, create or transfer extremely deadly biological weapons to these people, right? So maybe North Korea is selling that shit to other people. I mean, that's possible. Who knows I, I, what else is out there I mean, in the world? I mean, it's possible they could proliferate it to uh, Iran because they're actually that, that there's one of our allies we talked about. Um, I don't know to what degree North Korea is, uh, you know, dabbling in Sunni extremism, which is our largest uh, threat in terms of terrorism, because um, Iran is uh, Shiite. Um, but I mean, point your point is well taken. They could easily transfer it and be a state sponsor uh, of some sort of terrorist activity, um, and we've we've seen it to a certain degree with North Korea anyway, and especially with their coordination with. Uh, Iran and uh, IRGC and Hezbollah, but um, you know, I think I think Islam is obviously a threat uh, with terrorism because it's unpredictable, um, and there's an ideology that can influence people and create a, a very unpredictable and untraceable situation. But the difference between them and North Korea is even if they transfer their biological weapons or ability to. Uh, deploy a biological weapon to someone else or a group um at the end of the day it it is it is them doing it and and um if if you're if you're just some sort of you know ho-hum radical radicalized uh you know jihadi in texas or alabama or something you're probably not going to have a biological weapon at your exposure and you're probably not going to be able to have the ability to create a biological weapon, whereas North Korea might be able to actually trans transfer a biological weapon to someone or have an operative uh, directly acting on their behalf to, to to do it. Right. That that's that's where the threat to me is different. Right. I think um, you might have a thousand jihadists be successful in running people over and shooting people, but you all it takes is one North uh, North Korea. 
biological weapons deployment in Atlanta to kill a thousand or two thousand people, um, if not more. Uh, that's the major difference, in my opinion. But but I digress. Yeah, but there's only one North Korea. There's billions of Muslims. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Where are they going to get the money from? The Muslims are North Korea. Huh? The, the where the Muslims or North Korea get the money from? Not anybody. I mean, North Korea oh, is yeah. going to have to pay somebody. Yeah. You got financial situations. You got you got a ton of situations. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's it's hard to make the comparison to North Korea and you know Islamic extremism, but um, I personally would think that North Korea has um, the potential to cause much more damage at this point in time. I think for a, a long period of time, maybe you couldn't say that because North Korea either was unknown their ability or. They just straight up lacked the ability to have any sort of meaningful. Um, well, it's true. I mean, I, I heard that they can only um, activate their army for like 24 hours or something like that. They only have enough fuel to run yeah. their army for like a day. Uh, I, I think uh, it's, it's, I, you're probably right. Um, from what I understand, uh, the whole situation is kind of foobar. Um, so they would probably be delusional to think that they're ever going to beat us in any sort of skirmish. Uh, I, w- I just, you know, the, it, whether they deployed, you know, nerve gas or whatever to Atlanta and kill a few thousand people or not, at the end of the day, they're going to lose. <laughs> that, that's the bottom line. I mean, they could, they're, they're going to have the first strike capability maybe, but they're not, they're not going to have, uh, the last strike capability where we will, they might have a, a strategic surprise, but we were, we're going to have the, the, the not so strategic overwhelming of power and win. <laughs> like it'll be more like, okay, you done fucked up and now you're a parking lot. Like that, that's what it would count. That's that. I mean, I count, but I'm sorry. That that's what it would end up being. They they wouldn't stand a chance. Well, that's what I said to you before. I mean, I think North Korea is uh, North Korea stands alone. Yeah, and I think they're just yeah. nuts. And I, I, but like you said, I don't think they're nuts enough to um, to fuck with us. Yeah, I think I think that the uh, cooler heads will prevail, but I I think it is still very significant. We need to take note of what just what just happened in uh, you know Malaysia and. But that's what I mean. What do you do? What do you, uh, you, you know? You just you just maybe maybe just proactively uh you know nuke them. <laughs> that's a joke, but you know if we wanted to do that, I wouldn't be against it. To be honest with you. That's just because it's uh, as long as it's like a military strategic nuke, like a maybe a tactical nuclear weapon, not Hiroshima, Nagasaki type of thing. Like I want, <laughs> I want a very like strategic tactical nuclear weapon, one that's going to only be, uh, you know, very impactful for maybe you know 
five or six square miles as opposed to like three or 400 square miles or something. But, um, I'd be okay with that. You know, it's, yeah, it's take out their whole military infrastructure in one, one shot done. (laughs) That's it. Fuck them, right? No, we're not going to use nuclear weapons. We're just, we're not going to. It's just not a possibility. We would cruise missile the shit out of them before we use nuclear weapons, right? And, and that would probably be enough. So <laughs> we wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, that's what we do with uh, every country, right? Every, yeah. like, I remember watching the, uh, the invasion of Iraq. Yeah. yeah. Cruise missiles, man. That's like the 21st century, like, you know, crack for military people. <laughs> <laughs> Now the military anyway, is starting. Now we're, the we're Iraqis going. are there. The Americans are moving in. Get her done. <laughs> anyway, we're we're an hour and fifty one minutes on this impromptu podcast. Uh, I guess we should wrap it up. It's a uh, you know it's three o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> Holy shit! I'm pretty sure Anthony's not showing up. <laughs> let's uh let's start wrapping it up. Let me get some music going here. Um. Thank you for joining us for episode seven of the podcast without a name. Uh, we would like to see you on our Facebook page at uh, the podcast without a name on Facebook, uh, the no name podcaster on Twitter. Uh, we are now on YouTube uh, at the podcast without a name. And uh, geez, we got SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Jesus, tune in, tune in radio. What else? Jesus. We're in churches throughout the world. (laughs) Anyway, uh, catch us on these uh, various modes of communication. Send us messages. Tweet us. Do all these wonderful and amazing things, and we will be sure to respond. We have a six-minute response rate on Facebook, for what that's worth. Um... Anything else, Rich? Would you like to add anything to the end of this podcast? Not at all. I feel pretty great. Rich feels pretty great. He's been drinking alcohol. He's wasted. I'm tired. I'm, okay. I'm really sleepy. I'm all right. I'm gonna hit my bed. my head's gonna hit that pillow, and I'm gonna be out. I can go for another like four a thief hours. in the night. <laughs> all right, Richard. Let's uh fade this out. Have a good evening, everyone. You too. Yes. Uh, Richard.